Hello, everybody. This is Patrick Monaghan with another episode of Foreign Football Forecast. And today I'm joined by my special guest, Slick Kid, recording artist from Mozambique. How's everything? Everything's good, brother. How you doing? How you doing? Chilling. Another day up, another day ready to go. And just everything's been going great. So for those that don't know, can you explain maybe a little bit of your background? People don't maybe know as much about the country. Can you talk mm-hmm. just a little bit about what you've been doing and maybe how you've been staying active and occupied during this whole situation? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mean in the musical aspect or in the yeah, I'd say soccer aspect? In the all aspects. Aspect. Music, oh, entrepreneur. Aspects. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, man. Well, uh, firstly, you know, the mindset is just always to keep moving, you know, uh, taking, looking at bad, bad uh, things happening and just taking them as opportunities to grow, you know, that's the only way that one, one can succeed. So musically, it was actually, for me, other than the negative stuff, obviously, it was actually a very positive, this break has been very positive because I've been looking into myself, you know, taking some time to just reflect and see how I'm going to improve the moves, the next moves, you know, make plans, study a bit more, you know, research. So I've actually enjoyed it a lot. And um, music wise, I got, I was able to prepare this tape that I'm going to drop now, you know, so in general, and for the soccer academy as well, just basically planning has been the main focus in this, uh, throughout this Corona outbreak and, you know, getting the team stronger than my trainers were also putting them through training. So, I can say that it's been, we've been taking advantage of this break rather than, you know, the negative, but the country, yeah, it's going through it. Like every, everybody is going through it, but we just have to work with what we have. You know, a lot of people are trying to use the go digital, you know, use the internet a lot more for marketing and things like that. And both in the artists and the football side, that's what we're also trying to do. So yeah, just about being innovative, you know, and keep on moving moving forward. Absolutely. Now, how did you, you know, you're almost basically bridging the gap between being an artist and almost being a community leader in the sense, how did these opportunities kind of come about to where you had this football academy? Was this Mm -hmm. something that you'd been planning and thinking about for a while or did the opportunity Mm -hmm. come about maybe in, in a different setting? Yeah, uh, well, so basically, just to give you a little bit of background, well, I love soccer myself, like, we've been playing soccer in school throughout the whole, you know, uh, our team was, like, in, in the inter-school range, let me say, our teams, uh, we won a couple of times, like, the national school championship, and it's always been my blood, I didn't because, I think I wanted to be a soccer player, everybody's <laughs> wanted to be a soccer player, you know what I'm saying, my brother is actually very involved in soccer, but, uh, that stuck with me throughout, and uh, Tinzila is actually a mother company which works with uh, community development, uh, self-development, and environmental, uh, the environmental sector. So let's say this is the bigger mother company, and within that, we wanted to create a program which was going to help the community. So I was like, okay, what better way to help kids or try to, how are we going to be able to convey this message of proper development or uh, try to teach kids to stay on the right path and teach them how to succeed. You know, kids that don't have opportunity that are bad, bad, uh, that aren't well off financially. So 
we're like, okay, let's just create a small soccer program, you know, just get kids that want to play. We obviously need to get a business side. So we're like, okay, we're going to get people that have the means to actually pay. We're going to get trainers to come in, uh, teach them how to play. And But it was it was actually a very small project at the beginning. I actually remember the day that we started because uh, we luckily we have like a small soccer field here in the Matala area. So I met the trainer, uh, Joaquin Bo. He's just an incredible guy. He has the heart of a champion. He just likes winning. It's almost like a curse and, a, and a, you know, he's just so emotional with it. But it, he also uses that to teach the kids how to fight for what they want. You know, we've won a lot of championships because of uh, his guy. So basically, we just went to the closest let's say viral, which is like the poorest, poorer areas. And we literally just asked three kids, like, yo, do you like playing soccer? You know, and they're like, yeah, yeah. They're like, yeah, yeah. So we took those three kids and from basically the three kids, uh, now we have around 60 players in, in 60 players in total. So we brought them in, started teaching them um, technical aspects of the futsal game and we use that as a vehicle to communicate uh, good principles, you know, respect, loyalty, the importance of education, and so on. Uh, it's a really, it's really an interesting program. A lot more kids when they, when they, when these uh, first kids we started with went home, they obviously started telling their friends like, "Oh, mom, I'm part of a soccer academy, whatever." You know, <laughs> we bought them. They, a lot of them were barefoot, basically didn't have any shoes and stuff. We bought them shoes, we bought them, the kids really made them feel uh, part of like a professional team, you know? So they started spreading the word and a lot more from all around the block just came to our door like, yeah, we want to play, you know, we want to be part of it. And we actually, it was a bit difficult to be able to block them off because we have the social component uh, and we have the business component. So we try to get an even number from both, but we have a limit because it's futsal. You know, the futsal field isn't too too big. That's why we actually were thinking of expanding. But yeah, that's basically how it was. We brought in kids that just wanted to play and we want to take them away from the streets and try to teach them the importance of like good manners, education. And through winning. So basically when they don't behave or don't listen to what we say, we use soccer as, uh, or not playing soccer as a way to, you know, kind of punish them. Like, okay, you need to, if you want to play, you need to behave in a certain way. And all of the kids, they've grown up with us. It's been about like, what, two years? Uh, yeah, they've grown up a lot. You know, they're our family now. They're like our little brothers. And yeah, it's, it's growing. Now it started more of a social, from a social project. So now it's finally a, a, a soccer club. We're signed up in the Associate, National Soccer Association of Mozambique. So we're gonna start, actually before Corona started, we're gonna start uh, participating in the national uh, programs, doing some uh, national competitions. I mean, uh, have some partnerships with Mozal, with the uh, Black Bulls, they're also a big club here that have uh, relationships outside. They send quite a few soccer players outside. So slowly we're starting to really structure it, you know, like a, a proper football club. But it started with just the principle of trying to teach kids the right way of life, you know, through, through something that they enjoy. 
and we we enjoyed doing. You know what we couldn't do in our <laughs> times, we we use the kids as uh, we use the kids as you know to fulfill our dreams, the dreams that we couldn't fulfill exactly for ourselves. It's almost like living vicariously. It's like you've exactly. given them that opportunity that you didn't have, because you know yeah, you speak yeah. about in the time that you were growing up to now. Do you think that this is one of the main and almost most successful methods of helping these players and helping these kids learn about what it means to really be a man and what it really means to be a part of the community? And do you think that without that football aspect, do you think it would have achieved the level of success that it did? Or do you think because it was football that and the kids are so passionate about it, do you think that was the thing that helped set it kind of kind of over the edge and, and get that level of success and, and interest in the community? Exactly. It was definitely the football. Like, um, I'm sure you can imagine, you know, when we're young and we go to school and teachers, parents, they try to tell us things like forcibly and we're just like, mm -hmm. ah, whatever, you know, we have to learn through our mistakes and nobody wants to listen. But when you have something that the kids are passionate about or you're passionate about and somebody is in control of that thing. You're always gonna listen, pay attention because you don't wanna lose the opportunity to partake in whatever it is that you're passionate about. So the football has definitely been the best vehicle that we could have used to make uh, such an impact, you know? And it went from the kids through to the parents. We started creating a relationship with the parents and we helped the kids academically as well because whatever difficulties, we teach them that uh, they have to bring in all of their grades, by the way, uh, in, a, in, a, in a, a, a monthly, yeah, monthly basis or whenever they get their tests. And they know that if their grades aren't up, some of them don't even like bringing their grades because they already know <laughs> that if their grades aren't up, they might, you know, not get to play the next match or they're going to have to sit out a little bit in training. But it really just builds this culture of, okay, you, you can't just succeed in one area. It has to be balanced. You have to do the things that you like and the things you don't like, but are also important. You know? yeah, but the football is definitely, definitely the main reason for the success that we've had uh, thus far. And were you guys the first one to do so? or Because it just sounds like from the beginning, you guys had this goal of the social and also the economic aspect. Did this exist or were you guys the first more or less um, country to do so? No, well, there's the, the, the soccer, uh, soccer academies in Maputo already. And I think there's about five, but not in this particular arrangement that we have. Or let me say that uh, the, 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 in other academies, just soccer, them being professional soccer players is basically the, the, their most important objective. But ours, it's the development of the kid in the social aspect first, and then they benefit from being able to play soccer professionally. So we had to, I don't think there is one with this aim that we have. Like other ones, um, there's Benfica, I think in Maputo, Benfica, there's Custod Sol, Sportivo, uh, but that's just really, if you want to be a soccer player, then come play, but they don't have this like academic assistance they don't have the self-development uh, assistance that we that we use in our program so we're a bit unique in that sense that we really focus on the development of the student or the player uh, before the actual soccer aspect of it okay and so that differentiates it. 
does this does this fact that it has the education aspect does this allow students to potentially I don't know how it's like over there but here you can go from high school and play in college you can play mm -hmm. your university and play soccer can you do that in in Mozambique or does it offer them the ability to maybe with that educational component get to university when they otherwise maybe wouldn't have been able to mm -hmm. uh Unfortunately, in Mozambique, the industry in many aspects, all of the industries that you can basically imagine are in a smaller scale. So we don't really have like, uh, let's say, college sponsored sports, for example, or things like that. You can't really, if you're going to university, not definitely not playing soccer, you know, okay. uh, here, here in Mozambique, it's still really small scale. But uh, in the academic aspect, we just it's more about their uh, their respect for academics, the principle of the respect for academics that is instilled within them. But there isn't really like, you can't go from high school and play soccer in high school or get paid or uh, get scholarship assistance for sports okay. in Mozambique. We don't, we don't have that uh, at the level yet. The, the most that we have is if you, there's there's the clubs in Mozambique, obviously Ferroviario, Carson Sol, and things like that. So if you're part of the club uh, during the formation levels, uh, which is from when you're young until you're 18, then if you're lucky, you can get a scout uh, that'll help you uh, that'll help you get into the national team. Or if you're very lucky, you'll get a scout that has relationships to the uh, other like international relationships. That's when a couple of players go and uh, play abroad, you know, but we really haven't reached that, that level yet of uh, school and sports association. You know? Is it, is it common in, in Mozambique to see players going from, like you said, you know, you have like the Benfica and you have these other clubs. Is it common mm -hmm. to see them go abroad or is most of Mozambique's football culture still based upon the, the national clubs, you know, the clubs more in say Mabuka yeah, or... Exactly, it's still based upon the national clubs, but uh, I think slowly there's been a development and growth in the in the aspect of taking players outside. We have Meshed, he plays outside in Paris. We have uh, Dominguez, he plays in South Africa, it's like Ritz. Uh, and a few players, but you can count with the like with your hands the number of players that we have going abroad. But this is mainly because of the financial, the lack of financial backing that sports has in the country. You know, uh, the national team was able to. There's like uh, what, what's it called uh, in I think it's CAF in in Angola, which we were able to which we'll be able to partake in, but that was in 2010. And you can see like the lack of financial backing, which limits us from really having a lot of players because Mozambique has a lot of, a lot of talent, you know, like anywhere else, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But then there isn't really a structure or they don't invest a lot in the formation structures. Like, you know, in, let's say, where are you You're in the States? Like uh, MLS, actually, I used to, I used to live in DC. I grew up there. For yeah, I grew up with like Maryland Bethesda. And when I was younger, uh, we I used to play in like these those academies. No, I forgot the name of it. 
yeah, I forgot the name. I just remember the logos, but I was really, I was really young. I think it was like from eight years old and I was already playing. So I guess from that phase you go up and then you can eventually join the MLS, but there's like a platform or a structure for you to play from your, the youngest, two years old, probably three mm -hmm. years old until professional level. While here, there isn't that structure, like the financial backing starts too late in a, in a human's development for them to actually be suitable to partake, have a good chance in partaking in professional sports outside, you know, and that's also what we're, we're trying to do with our academy is try to get uh, sponsors to back the kids up very early and create a structure to where they can have a good chance to, to play outside because we don't want to sell them dreams. Like it's actually our mission to give them a good chance and equip them with the technical abilities, physical abilities to actually achieve something outside, you know? Imagine a kid going from like one of these poor areas to playing in Porto or something. Yep. That's, that's a dream, you know? That's a dream and that's what we we're trying to do for the kids. Do you think that you have that ability be knowing the fact that being a musician and having international connections already and kind of already being so ingrained in the community, you think that kind of has helped you with maybe kind of offset some of the problems you might have had, knowing that, okay, we have the football academy, but because we also have the educational and economic aspect, that it's an easier sell because it's saying, okay, yeah, we have football, but we also are providing something for the greater good in the community. Exactly, yeah. I think uh, that is a factor which helps. Uh, hopefully, the people that are supposed to come and give us financial backing will be more driven if we present it. Like the, the fact that we do have that, those academic aspects uh, is going to help us get that, that backing. But it takes a lot more than just like financial backing. You know, you need to have like the government's assistance and really people that are actually devoted without, you know, secondhand interest, you know, being their financial gain first. It has to be people that are really devoted to trying to help the kids get outside. That's really going to make a difference, you know. But I mean, progress is slow, so we just got to take it step by step and uh, eventually. But the relationships too, like, uh, in music, I mean, in everything, it's about the relationships. You don't need to have somebody with $100,000 may not be able to get as far as somebody with no money, but 10 solid relationships, you know, of people in different uh, places that can help them reach a specific place. So, yeah, the, the, the relationship building is something that we definitely need to invest in that is also going to help in, in that aspect. And, you know, you talked about the relationship building. Does the fact that maybe, maybe being though in kind of, obviously not a very small country, but a little bit smaller country that maybe that helps? I mean, uh, in terms of the, the relationships is something that uh, it helps a lot. But it's, I mean, we are in a small country, which makes it easier for you to, I mean, make, create relationships and links, I guess, compared to as if, the, I mean, because Maputo is basically the only hub center, like the capital, and outside of that, there isn't much development. It's really in Maputo, and the relationships are kind of they're a bit easy to access. But at the same time, there's there's a lot of other factors and interests that kind of block the success of the relation. Because okay, you create a relationship, 
and then there's actually reaching the objective. Now to reach the objective, usually you need to have to get that person's interest, mm -hmm. you know, to really, to really reach whatever you're trying to get to. Cause I mean, let's say me and you, right. Uh, you have a podcast and let's say I was trying to do marketing for the academy to get it out. Okay. Me and you already have a relationship. Now, if I ask you, okay, Patrick, can you, uh, tell 10 people about my academy, then you're going to be like, okay, but what are you going to do for my blog? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. It's just, it's principles, man. Like it's really principles, especially, uh, people, uh, people that are in power and that can really help you need to have like, I won't say pure, but they need to have good principles in terms of for you to help me. I shouldn't, if you're a good person, just generally, and you have a heart, you shouldn't really need to get anything in return. If you know that you're helping a community of kids, which like their dreams are being uh, helped to achieve, you know what I'm saying? It's just like internal, internal, uh, yeah, being an, uh, having a bit of pure, being a genuine person in your heart and having just a bit of purity to where you can help somebody without needing, you know. But that's I guess your upbringing. It's it's hard for you to instill that into somebody. You can only hope that people are being brought up like that. But it's it's difficult, you know, in these times. People it's are just like they always have second intentions or trying to see what they're gonna get personal gain from. Now, do you think, though, that this has been something that from each subsequent generation has improved, though? You know, you look at you reaching out more towards the youth and being able to make an impact on them and teaching them those morals to where maybe without, not maybe, probably most likely without you guys having intervened, they wouldn't have had that level of kind of accountability and exactly. that level of morals. So. I think if anything, we need more organization and institutions like yours being able exactly. to say, look, there are repercussions because here we've got very similar issues as well. We have things where people, they are genuinely good, but they mm -hmm. won't do good if they've never been told that, hey, that thank you for true. doing this. It's, it's a level of, we pay more attention to the negative side of what they've done mm -hmm. as opposed to the eight good things they've done, you know, the yeah, 10 good. good. Exactly. And people, I think people are normally born with like, you're a good person when you grow up. Like that's just how naturally human beings are, but we're taught to ask for something in return, like through society, you know? And so we kind of have to unteach or teach, teach them for that to be unlearned, you know, uh, in, in terms of that aspect, which is, it's kind of crazy. And yeah, you know, we're trying to, not only in the academy, but in, I think everybody should just try to be a better person, you know, do self-development and just be a better person to affect the world as a whole, because you can't really try to, or let me say the best way to improve the world is working on yourself. You know, if everybody is, tries to do a little bit of that, it'll go, it'll go a long way. And if you, because I, I sincerely believe that Karma, I believe in karma, you know, so not only bad karma, but good karma. So if you do something good for somebody without asking for anything in return, in the future, your, your reward is going to be much bigger than whatever monetary gain you're going to get at the moment. So it's kind of like 
you we need to show by example like do something good for the kids and then eventually when you get something big and then you pro prove it show the bad guys like you see you yep. didn't need to ask for this money for this money and look at me now like you got that momentary gain but it's about the long the long haul you know i i completely agree and i'd like to thank you for the work that you've been doing and i'd like to thank you for your initiative and everything I'm gonna go and put a link to all the work that you guys have been doing below. And I really appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Your your blog is amazing too. Uh, I'd like you to send the link to the other interviews that you guys have done and you can count on us for anything. And let's keep, obviously we already have a brotherhood now, so we should work together to you know bring some more awareness to all of your connections, all of my connections, you know, and just help the community. Grow and congrats Absolutely. on that. Yeah. We're in it together. United, when we group together, everything is possible. It Definitely, truly is. Bro. United minds, anybody mm -hmm. can accomplish anything. Definitely, bro. Definitely, definitely. So uh, when we when we open back up, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a point of making like some videos, you know, uh, a few videos. You speak uh, pretty well, like Portuguese. I was actually surprised, like, yeah, you got it in the bag. So I'll make a plan. Maybe we can have another interview, but when we have the whole team, I'll bring a few kids, I'll bring the trainers, and, you know, we can have a little bit of a more in depth interview. That would be excellent.